0: You have no idea what loss is. You have no idea what loss is. I reckon he's got something to do with that girl. He's got everything to do with that little girl. I can take care of myself! How many close calls have we had? can't be any worse out there. it every guy in this room is staring at you right now maybe they're staring at you
1: maybe they're jealous of you i'm just a girl not a threat oh, belly.
0: i think they should be terrified
1: welcome to the world of us, it's entertainment talks podcast for the Naughty Dog video game series and the HBO and Sky Atlantic television show. I'm your host Matthew, and joining me today, my co host is David. How's it going? I'm doing very well, thanks. Excellent. Uh, this is for season one, episode one, the pilot episode. Uh, if you missed our last two episodes, it's important to recap those. Um, We did a season preview podcast which is still worth listening to because there's still some things about the season and whatever ahead and then did a uh, quick sort of Sunday night Monday morning depends on what what you'd phrase that as uh, an initial kind of like get my thoughts out there spoiler review so uh, you can check out that stuff if you want more last of us after you finish this podcast you can listen to those two things basically. Uh, so I've already talked for half an hour uh, about this first episode. Uh, so David, what did you think of the pilot episode?
2: It is a phenomenal piece of TV. I mean, I, I, uh, it, it was interesting kind of going into it because we sort of said before, it's been quite a long time since I've played the game. So I struggle to remember. I know the overall sort of plot of it, but I, I couldn't remember what was in the game and what wasn't. Um, so I, I'm not entirely sure how much they changed. Uh, I, I get the impression they extended certain bits, and um, you know that there, there, there was. I, I don't think Sarah's story was quite as long in the game, was it? Um, I, 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 you know, as I say, it's been so long since I actually played it. Was the opening the same in the game? Did they the 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 sort of talk show thing was that ever represented in the game or not nope yeah so that that i thought was a really lovely way of kind of introducing things and as i was saying on um, my podcast yesterday you know it's going to be something special where they're prepared to throw away in an opening pre-credit sequence actors of the level of mm-hmm. john Hanna, christopher highland hall and josh bremner is in there as well um when you're prepared to, to like open your show with high-quality actors like that that presumably are not going to show up again because it was a pre-credit sequence set in, like, 1968. If you're prepared to throw away actors like that in that situation that early before you even get into the story of sort of Joel and, and everything else... um. You kind of know that there's something special going on with it. So, um, yeah, I I thought the opening episode was really quite superb. Um, It was, how long was it? An hour and 20 or something? Roughly, yeah. 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 I didn't feel like it at all. Um, Really didn't. Um, Just, it's been, it it really was a, a wonderful bit of drama and a great opening to sort of pull you into it. And that, that particularly that opening scene, I, I think sets up the states of it so well as well. Um, so, yeah. And, and then just the sort of heartbreaking stuff with Sarah and then we get into the uh, the sort of more modern day things as well uh well I'll say modern day you get sort of up to date into the actual story which is um, you know Dean 2023 um yeah it's it so well put together really really wonderful um i thoroughly enjoyed it i have actually seen the first four episodes now <laughs> um and uh it consistently has stayed wonderful quality throughout so um yeah v- very very much enjoying it it's going to be a really good ride i think this show awesome nice um
1: yeah uh yeah i was I spoke on my uh you know that the initial review about you know it's going to be this is kind of like the the special one um i think and it it's interesting hearing from lots of different people about uh, this is the best game adaption. Even though the bar for that is not very high, that's still, <laughs> yes. that's, still, that's still very true, I I would say. I mean, to be fair to Sonic, which is really, really good, D- different, obviously, that's supposed to be a lot more fun, I, I think it would be fair to say at the moment, this is the best TV adaption, that's the best film adaption. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting going through, and I don't think I said this on the initial uh, podcast, is we got to like the first 30 minutes and you just got uh, done with like Sarah's part. And I thought there's no way you could have ever made a film for this. (laughs) Like how, how on earth would you cram this uh, first game story into two hours? You, you couldn't do it. it, it, Sarah would be dead in 10 minutes instead of, or like five minutes. Um, Yeah.
2: I mean, they would have, yeah, it would have had to have been like, that would have been your kind of opening thing. You know, um, you really couldn't have. have I, I, I don't know how you would have done a film version of this. It just, mm. I, it would never have worked, and you couldn't, you couldn't expand it out as much as it needed to be for the TV show. You know, you know for, for if you were going to put it into a film, you just. I mean, even as a three or four hour film, I think you would have struggled. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm kind of glad that all the film adaptations that they tried before failed, and we've ended up mm-hmm. at this point. I think that's actually been quite useful. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Sorry. Um, but yeah, my if you missed the first episode, my thoughts on it. Uh, I thought this first episode was fantastic. Um, I really, really enjoyed seeing this thing come to life. As I, you know, as I've been saying before, uh, one of my predictions that I made quite a while ago actually was that Sarah's story was going to be extended um it just uh, the, one of the reasons I made that prediction a while ago is because um there was a lot of behind the scenes shots of Nico Parker and I was like right. huh there's a bit more of her than what I thought and that's just you know um people taking photos of her on the set and stuff but that had gone on a while and I was like hmm she's still there uh kind of thing um and I, I, w- I didn't mean it to be extended by like two episodes I don't even know what you would have done with the character if you'd have if you'd have done that because her story's supposed to go go this way um but uh no it was it was brilliant seeing that I I keep thinking about the casting and and the performances in this first episode um the one I'd still say I think is the not necessarily best the one that sort of clicked the most the one that stood out the most i think is bella ramsey is ellie like literally when she has her first scene which was a little bit of an odd first scene but it still worked for what it was um i'll explain that in a second um it was as quick as you know when she's doing the one two three four as soon as she's doing that i don't know what it was it just sort of like i was like that's ellie yeah uh, almost kind of straight away the yeah the interesting thing with like as well because I knew that there would be bits that would be added bits that would be put in this isn't a straight sort of like beat for beat storytelling this is an adaption it's going to follow the same through line but it's going to have additions and and things like that is um, how they do introduce Ellie I thought was like it, it threw me off, but it threw me off in it. I want, I want the show to do that. Same as like with Walking Dead when it's sort of, you know, characters die in different places, which I, I don't think that will happen here in the same way because it it can't no. it can't really be mucked about with in the same way because this is a story mainly about two people on a journey as opposed to Walking Dead, which is like an ensemble of twenty characters or something, and you can chop and change those sort of smaller characters. The The Last of Us doesn't work in that same way. Yeah. Um, what What I'm expecting is more sort of like story additions or maybe longer parts to to this which seem they seem to have done so far i've been hearing some things about um episode three uh particularly yes. so um
2: episode three is is phenomenal
1: i've 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 heard that a lot so yes um, and I, i've i've kind of like heard what it's about and i was like oh that makes sense so yeah uh, that's that's very very cool. um Episode
2: episode three. I w- won't sort of go into it, obviously, at the moment. But I will say it is. If if the Walking Dead want to learn how to do bottle episodes, that's how you do a bottle episode. I was going to guess you were going to say something <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
1: uh very very good. um Yeah, don't know what else. Too much to say in in, in this pre talk. We do have a recap to get to because as my first review is very sort of off the cuff. Uh, but the casting's been nailed. I think that the tonal and the visual sort of aspects of things here are absolutely perfect. Um, The only thing I kind of said, again, it wasn't a knock against the first episode. It was just this first episode with the introduction. It it is an introduction. This is you getting to know the characters. This isn't the sort of exhilarating, oh, they're, you know, hiding from clickers and things like that. Because that's where the more quote-unquote exciting parts come in. But as sort of like as you try to explain to Gray and and that this isn't really sort of this isn't your typical zombie action story. This is a human no. story that is in a zombie apocalypse, a zombie sort of conditioned world. That's that's kind of what this is. So. Um, but yeah, again, if you, if you want to hear more of my initial thoughts and stuff, uh, check out that longer episode, which is a spoiler review. But, but at this point, I'm assuming anyone that's listening to this has already uh, watched the first episode or played the games. That's something I said as well, which you could listen to that episode if you've played the games um, mm-hmm. and if you haven't watched the uh, the show yet. So anyway, uh, we have a recap to get to in housekeeping. So let's uh, crack on with that. See you for that in a minute hi there if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name we've got good news for you with our affiliate link with Kualu. all right, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, we've wrapped up now with Classic Reviews and A Month for Positive Creators. Uh, classic Reviews was a four-episode sort of mini-series, uh, four Pixar Disney films, two from each it, it turned out to be. I actually didn't plan it that way at all. It just happened to be two from each. So two Disney films, two Pixar films. Uh, the last one, which is a Disney film, uh, see if you remember this one, David. It's for Hercules, the animated 1997 yeah. film. yeah uh yeah that was that was really really fun to do so it's n- n- nothing like the uh Dwayne johnson hercules one that uh one that he did this is different to that i, I had a lot yeah. of fun going back to that one that was that was really really good to uh go and do Uh, so just a quick recap for that season it was the incredibles monsters inc dinosaur which i'm curious to see how many people remember that film and then hercules so those were the four choices and classic reviews will be back at some point later in the year when i make more episodes of it uh the next season should be like an actual full season i just somehow totally ran out of time last year so a month positive creators has wrapped up as well episode four which is the last for the january 2023 edition is for playstation access so this episode is actually covering uh an ensemble group or a a group of content creators because they're all really positive and really nice and i didn't want to just pick one of them so um there's four of them, technically five, depending on how you look at things. You have basically got Rob, Rosie, Ash, and Dave. Nathan is still on the team. He just makes uh, less appearances on uh, on camera and that sort of thing. Uh, he's still a big, like, a part of PlayStation Access, but he uh, is he stepped down a little bit on the on the content creator side. Um, but I've spent a lot of time watching these these people. They make obviously PlayStation content and everything. They do lots of streams and videos and challenges and features. And uh, have had me in absolute stitches laughing at them uh, at certain certain points, especially this uh, this week's episode. This week's episode wouldn't be referenced on the, on uh, th- this particular podcast because I recorded it a while ago. Um, they did their an updated uh, episode for their one on onesie challenge, and uh, it was very very funny particularly on the Rob side of things uh, that was uh, that was brilliant so um that's for that one so just to recap that one that was for uh, noisy butters hannah that was for uh chris carr alana pierce and now playstation access is the last episode and again that will return next year in january 2024 i decided to do a video game review yesterday uh, instead of just putting it as call of duty modern warfare 2 multiplayer review i've called it call of duty modern warfare 2 multiplayer the good the bad and the Ugly. I think that's a good way to categorise what's going on with this game. It does have some problems, uh, some more glaring issues than others, but it's also got some really, really, really good stuff as well. So I kind of broke that down in categories and sort of talked about all of that. So that's my review for that. Obviously, there's no spoilers there because it's a multiplayer game. I decided to do a podcast yesterday called Hogwarts Legacy and the World Cup versus the World. The idea with that episode is to talk about two things which people tried to enjoy obviously the world cup has has come and gone and hogwarts legacy is coming out um they are both controversial things for different reasons um but reasons that result to the same group of people which is the lgbtq community obviously what i'm talking about is what's going on with jk rowling how that does affect the whole ip of harry potter and how it affects hogwarts legacy and of course everything that happened with the world cup which i don't need to go over again um, but sort of towing this line between, you know, people that want to just watch the World Cup and just enjoy it for the football, and then there's also the issues towards it, but then also people that want to buy Hogwarts Legacy, they're, they're sort of, um, consumed differently as well, both things. Hogwarts Legacy is a big, you know, triple A, $70 game, whereas most of the World Cup you could watch for free, and it was on ITV and BBC, so they're kind of different things, but they both got controversy towards them. And kind of talking about the discussion of, you know, where do you boycott things and, you know, all, all, all that sort of stuff. So um, a bit of a chunky discussion there. Uh, of course, my last of us, uh, season one, episode one, spoiler review. I've already talked about that. And uh, there was a twist in the tale in the Premier League this weekend. Uh, the Manchester derby happened. Um, there was also the uh, North London derby, but that was uh, a bit more simple. And it finished Manchester United 2. Manchester City won. We did, in fact, win the game. I don't know how many people were expecting that or thinking that we weren't going to. Um, and now, completely nail biting game of football. But that's that's what you want from football is 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 games like that, full of controversy, and uh, but in more of the fun way. Brilliant goals, great comebacks, and. Uh, yeah surprises and and all sorts of things so uh really really great stuff over there it's it's always great to win a manchester derby of course it is uh, manchester united play again tonight against crystal palace hopefully we can pick up another three points and keep going um fun fact for you all we've won, we've won every game since ronaldo left <laughs> so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's,
2: that's quite entertaining yes. yeah
1: no no coincidence whatsoever no i'm uh, sure no but uh yeah anyway <laughs> there's that. I went to see a film recently I gave it a strong must see rating, I did do a separate review for it and it's called A Man Called Otto, it stars the wonderful Tom Hanks and uh, that was a really really great film to go and see and if you haven't seen it I recommend that you do so because it's absolutely brilliant and it's kind of going a bit under the radar because there's a certain Avatar film out right now which is making loads of money Avatar's so weird why it's so weird is it's made almost 2 billion dollars but I haven't seen any comments about it as to like, no. is this film actually good? Is it, is it bad? A lot of people have seen it. It's made a lot of money, but like I haven't seen many reviews or tweets or fake. I haven't seen anything about it. It's, it's really strange. It's almost as if everybody, everybody's seeing it going home and then that's it. I, it's, yeah. uh, it's weird. Have you seen it yet?
2: Nope. Okay. Not okay. at all. I may watch it when it comes. I mean, it's just so the- Yeah. And, in all honesty the the storyline for the first one wasn't particularly good um, right. i I know I might be in the minority in in that on avatar, but um yeah it's visually very impressive, but the storyline's incredibly generic, <laughs> so
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. uh speaking of other films ant-man and the Wasp: quantumania is coming out very very soon so i did a preview podcast for that talked about all the things that could happen in there uh there were the last of us preview podcast for season one we did that last week of course and uh, that's pretty much everything we've been doing recently on entertainment talk.org and on podcast platforms i did also just want to go over something else this is last of us related uh with a bit of news this was in in and around like sunday's premiere episode excuse me um bella ramsey uh very bravely especially you know given you know she's a celebrity and all that sort of stuff uh, has come out as a gender fluid um there's a few different uh ways that this has been quoted so i just i'm gonna read the one that that i've got here and this is from uh again quoted from bella ramsey so maybe not word for word exact but Along the same line says the last of us and Game of Thrones star Bella Ramsey comes out as gender fluid. Uh, it says, I guess my gender has always been very fluid. Someone would call me she or her and I wouldn't think about it. But I knew if uh, that if someone called me he, it was a bit exciting. Um, yeah, congratulations to, to, to Bella on doing this. Um, it must have been terrifying to, to do so. You know, she's she's a very young um, person. I don't want to say child, she's 19 years old, but uh, she's a very, very young person, especially with The Last of Us in Game of Thrones. She would have a lot of eyes on her, because uh, people are watching her on, on screen, of course. And, uh, of course, there's going to be you know criticisms and, and uh, nasty people out there, but, um, yeah, big congratulations to you, Bella. Um, that must have taken quite a lot. Um, she's probably got, obviously, the support of others around her. I imagine that her friends and family and the cast and crew of this show, among other people as well. Um, any thoughts, David?
2: No, I mean, uh, it makes absolutely zero difference to me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, uh, I actually completely missed that story until you just mentioned it. So, uh, oh, news to you, you know, yeah, complete news to me, but absolutely, you know, if, whatever makes you feel comfortable. You're not harming anybody. You know, it's it, entirely whatever you want to be. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm. Great, if uh, you know, it very brave of her to to come out, particularly on the launch of a brand new show, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, because it's very easy to sort of keep quiet and not say anything when you're doing this sort of stuff. And you know, yeah, sure, it's uh, it, you know, if she's kind of coming out with that, wonderful, you yeah.
1: know, yeah. nice. Um, yeah, I thought it was important, you know, one of the main stars of the show. So uh, yeah, there's the news on that. Um, Alright, let's get into the actual recap uh, it, itself. We start off with a scene that was never in the game, uh, which is very interesting. On a television talk show in 1968, epidemiologist uh, Dr. Newman, John Hannan, and Dr. Uh, Skolinsky or something, uh, Christopher Heindal, uh, discussed the possible sc- cause of a potential mass global pandemic. That hits home a little bit. Um, yeah. Newman suggests fungi such as cordyceps are a much graver threat than any bacteria or virus given the lack of any uh, preventive, preventative uh, treatment or cure for a fungal infection. Uh, Skenosis points out that the uh, impossibility of fungal infection in humans due to uh, fungi's inability to survive um, high body heat. Newman agrees, but uh, does note fungi could evolve uh, to overcome this weakness. As the world gets warmer, at which point humanity would not survive. And there's a few bleak looks around the room. Um, yeah, I mentioned a little bit of this in uh, in my initial review. And, uh, you know, I watched the 2am simulcast because, of course I did. I mean, how was I supposed to sleep knowing the show was there? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, then obviously that all happened. And you get, like, the, the HBO lo- thing came up and that. And I hadn't really thought about it this much i was like what's going to be the opening shot of 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 the show like that was intriguing and then you open up on this talk show and i was like huh this is uh this is new yeah. this is different um yeah very very interesting stuff obviously that this is basically a little bit of a background on like the the virus and stuff and kind of what's going on with it uh which we've not seen the full effects of yet because we've not really seen uh clickers per se um yeah very interesting kind of uh addition to the show here, especially to put this in like the very first thing but it's it's good to kind of put this in first and kind of like talk about it because even though yes this is a very human story obviously it's got this important point to it so as well uh what did you think of uh opening on this and, and what did you kind of expect the show to actually open on like the opening scene
2: well i i didn't know what it would actually open on i had no real expectations on on exactly what it will be uh but this i thought was a really really good way of just explaining what it is you know and mm-hmm. and what caused the um outbreak in the first place and uh, as i said before i throwing actors like Chris, christopher highland and uh john hannah particularly in there and joss Brennan as well uh but Throwing those actors in just away on on this opening scene was was a really brilliant strategy because you look at it going, wow, that's some really high quality actors you've got in there just for like this opening bit, um, but it reinforces the actual science behind it because although it's unlikely, there is some genuine science in in what this outbreak is um the the, the, and it's a great way of kind of putting in that slightly sort of okay this is a bit like nerve-wracking yeah you know because it it puts the audience slightly on edge because it's like well this if you and if you actually look at it the whole what exactly what he's saying there is somewhat true i mean they did have a professor uh, a guy called david hughes who advised on the actual game originally and has actually been doing interviews more recently as well uh, you know because obviously with the tv show coming out he's been doing interviews about this who is um you know the the, the uh, zombie ants that they talk about in that interview he's he's uh, uh, an epidemiologist and a biologist who specializes in parasites particularly the cordyceps and uh the zombie ants which is you know called cordy- Cordyceps are uh, fungal it, it, it is, is what causes zombie ants. And um, there have been cases of um, certain fungi getting into the food chain and causing hallucinations. Because, I mean, you've got to bear in mind that things like LSD and ketamine are, are based or come from groups of fungi. So if that happens to get into the food chain in some way, uh, it can cause hallucinations and violent reactions and that sort of stuff. The chance of it actually happening to the level that it does in the TV show is very, very unlikely. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but the, there is a level of science behind it, and I thought this was a really wonderful way of kind of introducing to that uh, you to that, uh, and also getting the audience slightly going, okay. That that's actually quite scary without you know showing some big scary monster that's that's quite a nice way of uneasing the audience without actually showing them anything and just having three people just talking mm-hmm. um i i really like that intro i thought it was a really clever way of doing it yeah yeah um it's
1: interesting I mentioned that there's no clickers in the episode. Somebody pointed out on Twitter, I I don't know how they, they spotted it, the shot at the end of the episode of, like, the buildings and stuff, there is a clicker on the left-hand side of the screen, um, <laughs> and it's, like, walking around on a building. I don't know how somebody, like, obviously people took the time to kind of comb over the episode, but... Um, the, the video I saw on Twitter, I actually had to like zoom into it and it, it is, wow. there, there is, there is one there, uh, it's like on top of this building cause they don't just stay inside. Obviously they, they walk around where, wherever they can get to. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, that's, that's the opening for the episode. That's actually the cold open. Uh, what do you think of the intro by the way?
2: Yeah, the intro uh, really quite sort of, sort of hauntingly beautiful i would say i i mean i i only watched it the uh, uh i've only watched it a couple of times but yeah it's it's a really kind of nice you know it's it's the the sort of tendrils spreading the whole tendril thing is a slightly is, is different to the game as well because it's spores in the game isn't it and yeah they use tendrils on the tv show which i think work really well um
1: mm-hmm. we haven't quite fully seen the differences with that, yeah, I don't think, because we're not, because again, this episode didn't quite fully get into all yeah. that. Again, it's just a, it, it's a character introduction. essentially.
2: It's funny because uh, some of the, uh, some of the later episodes, because I say I got sent the first four. Uh, and some of the some of the later episodes on that title sequence, um, you know, the first episode had the full title sequence on it. The later episodes, uh, the title sequence, the video plays out, but it's just got like you know, cast, first name, last name, director, first name, last name. They've not actually filled out all the details on them yet. Oh, <laughs> so, right,
1: right. Uh, uh, but I think the intro is really, really cool. So that's. Uh... That's great, and if you want to watch it separately, they did upload it to YouTube because, of course, they did. Yeah. Uh, kicking into modern day, uh, this is going to be interesting to re- to recap a show based on a game that I've played. Um, never quite thought I'd be reading like these names in a recap, <laughs> so yeah, that'll be this will be fun. Uh, in two thousand and three, uh, Joel Pedro Pascal lives with his daughter Sarah Nico Parker and his brother Tommy Gabriel Luna. You may recognise from uh, for those of you who don't recognise uh, Gabriel Luna, he was uh, Ghost Rider in Agents of Shield. Yes, because um, most people I, I've not seen Nico Parker before. I don't think. Obviously, most of you know Pedro Pascal.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, but yeah, that's where we know Gabriel Luna from.
2: I so. interviewed Gabriel Luna actually in person at a comic con. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, uh, also... Nico Parker. Nico Parker, by the way, is uh, I I didn't realise this until I looked her up. She's um, the daughter of uh, Sandy wayne Newton.
1: Oh, that's a, that's, that's a good family to come from.
2: Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, you know, I, yeah. Uh, you know, she, she's amazing, but, um, yes, I, she's a daughter of Fanny Wayne Newton and, uh, Ollie Parker or, um, who, um, was the director of Mamma Mia. Here we go again. <laughs> Apparently There are a couple.
1: Nice. So. Uh, but yeah, they um, are in Austin, Texas, working in construction. Uh, Sarah pays Joel's uh, repair bills for his watch on his birthday. Um, she falls asleep while watching a movie, and Joel leaves to bail Tommy out of jail. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, obviously, I, I am I am going to be doing comparisons to the game, not necessarily in terms of what this was the scene better, was it worse? That's not really the whole point. It's just yeah. in, in terms of like, hey, this kind of happened this way in the game, and and whatnot. This sort of happens in a similar way. Um, I can't remember the exact reason he leaves the house in the game, but uh, there, there is a point where, like, she falls asleep on the sofa, and he has to um, go outside for something. Uh, and then you, because interesting with Last of Us One, you do actually because you open the game playing as Sarah, um, and then you play right. as Ellie for a large, t- uh, sorry Joel for a large chunk of it, and then there's a small section with uh, with Ellie. So you do actually play as three characters, but one of them you just don't play as for very long. With Sarah um so yeah this kind of plays out similarly to to that um any any thoughts on the because we, we talked a little bit about uh obviously Pedro Pascal uh as as Joel any thoughts on the other two performances so um Gabriel I, Luna and Nico Parker
2: I thought Nico was was really sweet and adorable as Sarah I really like uh, the portrayal there and and you know, that father-daughter relationship I thought was really quite lovely and he's obviously in there as a setup for the relationship that Joel is going to have with Ellie later on and, mm-hmm. and I, I think expanding that out for the show really works quite well. Was Tommy, is Tommy in those opening scenes in the game as well? They don't have this like breakfast scene. No, in, but in, I mean, was, was, Tommy, was Tommy in part of that little family unit or was he not
1: I think the first time, I mean, he's his brother in the game, yeah, but the the, the first time, from what I remember, the first time you see Tommy is, um, because the way that they get out of the house is slightly different, because um, instead of having the neighbor go outside and attack the family, they um, sort of jump or break through the window of, the, right. of um, Joel's house, and Joel mm-hmm. is like trying to protect Sarah. Um, which I think that neighbor's supposed to be the same one that you see in the show, but obviously yeah, yeah. That, that neighbor's story, who we'll talk about in a minute, uh, their story gets a bit, a little bit more extended and a bit, a uh, little bit more of like a surprising, like not really backstory, but just more story there. So it sort of happens the same way. It's interesting because the the zombie attack happens in the house, as opposed to outside the house where it happens here. But the first time, from what I remember, when you see Tommy, he shows up with the van and says like, "Hey, we gotta go."
2: right okay
1: because so, uh, none of this yeah, breakfast so scene is there's nothing like that so yeah I, um...
2: I i like the fact that they extended that sort of relationship a little bit more both with sarah yeah and
0: with,
2: and with tommy it's a nice way of introducing that character rather than just having tommy randomly show up and sort of saying you know with a van saying hey we need to go uh, it, it actually makes sort of more sense yeah. that that they're kind of working together and you know there's a they're working construction and all that sort of stuff that 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 actually makes slightly more sense i think with this to have tommy around and uh, yeah i love the scene where she goes and tries to get some watch repaired and you see things starting to turn and she's hearing all the sirens and uh, and things and they kind of kick her out the shop early and all, all that sort of stuff i i really like you know it's this this sort of you can tell something off but Mm -hmm. you don't you know she doesn't know quite what at that point i mean we do as an audience we know what's coming but um yeah i i really like yeah this it's this start of this sort of pandemic happening and and yeah i i really like how they introduced all that Mm.
1: plays out kind of somewhat similar to because they do like the um prequel ish sort of part in quiet place part two mm. uh there's a part where they're sort of i think they're going for the kids baseball game or something like that um and it happened it happens a little bit differently because that's more like that those are more sort of these like strange aliens R- rather than people turning it's more about uh, uh the a- a- like the alien creature things or whatever they are uh, so that was that was kind of interesting, but yeah, the, these sorts of scenes where it's like people panicking in the streets, and then like somebody sees somebody getting jumped on or bitten or whatever, um, usually are pretty entertaining. Like that, that initial breakout panic sort of thing is is usually quite interesting. So, um, seeing as you've brought it up, I, I was going to ask you this a bit later, and I there may be more to expand upon later as well. Um, and there's no right or wrong answer to this to this question. It's just an opinion-based thing. Um, what do you think of Joel? And not not from a design point of view. Uh, what do you think of Joel's watch? Um, in what respect? Like on a more of a, like a character level.
2: Well, I mean, I I sort of get the impression I got from it was Joel obviously had been presumably married at some point and you kind of get the impression that you know obviously he's raising sarah by himself so presumably his wife died and the feeling i got was that was something which you know the the watch was maybe a gift from his wife and sarah had gone out to get it fixed because you know he sort of taken it off and put it in a drawer but she felt it was important that he had it Mm -hmm. so I, that that was, I mean, it's not really explained in the show, but that was kind of the impression that I got was, it was it was something that was should have been more precious to him than maybe it was, and Sarah kind of felt that, so she wanted to get it fixed for him. So, hmm. um, I mean, I I don't know, does it have more significance in the game? I I don't know.
1: See, when I went and played Part One, which is the the remake for PS Five. I kind of it kind of clicked in my mind a bit more that um, when you get the shots of his broken watch after the incident we're about to talk about, um, it kind of is a bit of a to to me anyway. I mean, people can have different interpretations. There's again, there's no right or wrong answer. It's sort of like a symbolism of his broken, not just his broken character because you see that in in later scenes as well, but kind of of like his broken fatherhood in a way, yeah. of like that's that's sort of his. It's almost like a metaphorical injury for that, because it, it's not yeah, something yeah. that's an actual physical wound. Like, he didn't get, like, his arm cut off or, you know, something like that. Um, and from what I remember in the entirety of the series, um, I don't think he ever takes that off, which is interesting, because it's actually kind of, like, from an actual functional standpoint. Yeah, like it, it, probably, it, yeah. After it's after it gets shot, it doesn't work anyway, but he he always keeps it on, so... um and because when you're getting those shots of his arm with the with the watch that's probably more deliberate from from that standpoint maybe there is a different way to look at it but that's that's kind of how i sort of see it because it does get it does get broken as his fatherhood kind of gets broken which we will uh we'll talk about uh in in the next paragraph um there's a bit that I i didn't put in these in these notes which we can bring up as well uh sarah awakens some hours later and discovers her neighbor's dead. Let's pause there for a second. Um, I really, really liked uh them expanding on the on the neighbors a bit more because mm-hmm. in the in the game again, this is where you're taking control of Sarah. You sort of walk downstairs, uh, you see a phone that's on the side, and there's like a bunch of missed calls and things. Uh, then Joel comes back. You know, one of them sliding glass doors. It's sort of one of them. He he slides it, yeah. and he's like, "Hey, Sarah, we have to like J- Joel's all panicked. Sarah's got no idea what's going on." And then, uh. Like you can hear sort of moaning and screaming and things like that. And uh Joel sort of says, Um, oh, it's it's the neighbours I think that like something's wrong with them, they're sick, which is usually, usually what characters say in these situations. Yeah. So it is implied that it's that it's the same neighbour. You just don't see them in the same way because there's not a section with Sarah where you walk down to the shops right. in the game and buy the watch and all that sort of thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. uh which who knows, that that could have been an interesting point to put in the game. But I suppose in twenty thirteen they weren't thinking about that. So Yeah which is fine um but yeah there's there's a, sh- a particular shot that a lot of people kept calling out for being really really cool which is where sarah um is looking i can't remember what she's looking at but she's looking on a shelf or something and you get this like out of focus shot of the elderly neighbor in the background yeah. and she's like twitching and stuff um that was like really effective horror in in a particular way and that was a, that was a good way to kind of expand upon that again you don't spend like another 45 minutes with the neighbors you sort of spend an extra five or ten um but uh yeah I've, i found that kind of that was like the sort of first signs right because you get obviously like the initial panic and you hear all the sirens and things like that but that was sort of a, a, a an almost first encounter type of thing mm-hmm. uh what did you make of the, the horror effect with the the neighbor that they did there
2: yeah, I mean, it's sort of classic kind of horror things where things mm. move around in the background. But, yeah, it's it's a really nice shot, that. I mean, the whole thing is is incredibly well shot. Um, yeah. You know, it's... Uh, I, was it Craig? Yeah, Craig was actually the... Um, Craig Mazden was actually the director of that f- opening episode, um, as long as co-writing it with Neil. So, um, yeah, I, and he did a beautiful job. I mean, he's got that kind of Chernobyl like weird hauntingness to it Mm. throughout the entire story which is is really quite wonderful
1: yeah some people were comparing this shot to i don't think you've seen either of the it films have you um no there's a there's a bit in it chapter two uh where so that's where the characters are, are older they're adults and um one of the characters goes to visit I can't remember if she's a neighbour or or whatever, but, um goes to visit the elderly this elderly woman and she does some like creepy stuff and there's like similar shots where she's doing something weird in the background and our, our character that we're you know, the main character that we're following is like looking on a shelf or something. So um kind of a similar horror effect. That that's one that you like you, you could use incorrectly and it could be a bit more of a cliche, but it is actually still pretty effective in this in this day and age. Uh thus in this episode as well. Um, Yeah, Sarah awakens some hours later and uh, discovers her neighbors dead. Uh, One of them, a a cannibalistic creature. This is the first, like, zombie sort of uh, runner's encounter. Uh, Joel returns home with Tommy and kills the creature. Again, this plays out slightly differently. Um, I've I've already explained how that's different, so I don't need to do that again. Uh, As Joel, Tommy, and Sarah flee through the crowds of terrified people, debris from a plane crash uh, strikes and overturns um, Tommy's truck, um, yeah, so that, that happens, I, there was something I mentioned in my, my initial review, and this is where, like, the video game part came in, this same crash happens in kind of the same way, I, I don't remember it being a plane that crashes, but it's, it's, there, there's, like, explosions happening all over the place, and the, the truck does flip in the same way, and you're taking control of, uh, Joel at that point, and, uh, you have to press, you know how there was, like, the, um, the, slightly broken door with like the shattered window and he's trying to kick it open you're like pressing square to get that open so when the when the scene came up uh and and the, the vans flipped over in the same way my mind was like press square press square to, <laughs> to get the door open and i think that works the exact same way in all the versions of the game so uh that was again a nice little cool touch to see so that was good um, Joel tries to run for the river, uh, with Sarah, but is, um, cornered by an armed soldier. He has, he has to pick her up at this point because she's damaged her ankle, her, her leg. Something like that, so, yeah. I think she says. Uh, which again happens in the same way. Um, this, uh, soldier is given different commands than he probably should have had. Uh, he shoots them. Uh, Tommy then kills the soldier afterwards because he goes up to Joel to try and finish him off. But Sarah is fatally wounded and dies in Joel's arms. Um... It hurts every single time. I I've yeah. watched this pork out so many times in this uh in this franchise, whether it's from like watching people watch it on YouTube or playing the game, I think the three three times I have, or seeing it here, or or even from like the behind the scenes stuff where um let's just say Neil got um Troy I, I don't remember the, the Mo cap actress for, for Sarah's name, um but Troy and her Neil got him to do that a lot of times there's, there's a bit of like um uh in- interview that, that Troy did and there was one point where um Neil said to him like oh no we, we've got the shot and he said like oh he said to Troy like you can kind of like let it go because th- these people have to go for a process for, to, for things like this like that's a, like an acting sort of process this isn't just delivering normal lines and then I think Troy said in an interview or something like two weeks later he got a call from Neil and he's like, "We need to do the shot again." And he's like, "Oh, which one?" And he's like, "You know the one." And he's like, "No, I can't do that again." Uh, and then because uh, yeah, Neil's N- a perfectionist. He likes to get these things just bang on right. Um, I don't know how many times they did it in total, but uh, Troy was like, "This, this really took it out of out of him as an actor." But it it got it got that sort of talent through in the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the point is, I've I've seen this poor girl die a lot of times, and it. Doesn't get any easier or any harder, but it it's still very tough to uh to see. Um, again, this this plays out pretty much the exact same way as the as the game. This soldier gets um these orders. You sort of like hear him talking a bit in 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 the background on on the radio. Uh, the same effect happens with uh, Tommy here, where the guard goes to like shoot Joel and finish him off, and then Tommy comes along. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one of the saddest scenes. that there's There's two or three, maybe four, like really big highlight scenes across both of these games. This is kind of the first of those ones um, with the with with the death of Sarah here, and this changes Joel obviously forever, and it turns him into the character that we're going to see over the next uh, several episodes. Um, David, we've never spoken about this particular big event before in this in this game. What did uh, what did you think of uh, this scene?
2: Yeah, I mean, you kind of know it's coming, but because obviously if you know the game you know that sarah's not around later on so um but it is heartbreaking every time you see it it really is every single time um yeah yeah, and it's what this show seems to do incredibly well is there's 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 a number of points where it really pulls on the heartstrings and um, does a brilliant job with it and which is is weird when it, it is basically a sort of zombie pandemic series of um, mm-hmm. but but it, it does such a good job of um pouring the emotion out of that and and just as i said there's this weird off-kilterness to the whole thing right from the very beginning from that setup with the talk show through to sort of sarah not quite understanding what's going on and and then all hell breaks loose and you get through to this and she dies and it's just, yeah, it's really quite heartbreaking. And that armed soldier as well. I mean, the, one of the nice things about that is you never actually see the guy's face. Mm. You know, he's covered in a sort of gas mask thing, I think. And and I think that's, you know, he, he looks kind of stormtrooper-y, you know, um, which I think he's... he's quite a nice sort of not having a you know this sort of features you know having this sort of unnamed soldier just be the person that randomly kills her uh having been given the orders to sort of basically shoot anybody on site that looks even vaguely like they might be infected um mm. yeah i mean it's it's just joel begging for it for you know the, him not to do it and yeah, it it's just heartbreaking. really is. Mm.
1: I was kind of thinking as well, because, again, knew what was going to happen, still devastating. Um, there was one, like, mechanical part of the scene where I was, I was wondering how it would work out. Obviously, in the game, you can have things physically move different because you're not working with uh, necessarily real, like, actors on a, on a camera. I know that you've got, obviously, the motion capture, but you can probably get away with certain bits within, obviously, it's a game... And there's there's like a function when um, so the the guard starts shooting the two of them, and Joel realizes like two seconds before it's about to happen, and he sort of he does this sort of like run back, spin around thing because he's trying to sort of just like do whatever he can to get out of the way, and there's this like like sort of flow of movement in a way where he spins and then he he, he like bullets hit uh, both of them, whatever. And actually, does any of the bullets hit Joel? I don't think they, any of them actually do.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, Joel does get.
1: Yeah, I think he gets like it one hit. shot or something in him. Um, yeah. So the so bullets hit both of them, and like he drops her, and then but there's like a spin and a drop sort of movement, mm-hmm. and then they're both sort of tumble down this like small little hill thing. I was thinking, okay, because and obviously you can do stunt work and, and things like that. It's not literally like has to be Pedro doing uh whatever and i was like okay how are they gonna like what's that gonna look like on screen again it's those those little parts of seeing this game come to life but i thought that they uh i mean i didn't need to see them like tumble for five minutes or or whatever but um i thought i thought that uh that that played out that little mechanic part of it played out pretty well as well so uh be a heartbreaking um certainly um i i'd be i'd be very curious to like um Cause I might do like a a separate like I might do like a little TV talk thing with Gray or something if he decides to watch it. Hopefully, hopefully he does. Um, I, I was like I was like listening to because I listened to like the first twenty minutes of Geek Town yesterday. Uh, he's like, oh, should I watch it? And I'm like, yes, yes, you yes, you should, <laughs> yes, Gray, do it. Um, I might send him a message or something. Uh, because he said he said he's got a bit of time over the next what do you say two days or so. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, hopefully he did so. Um but uh, i i'd be curious to get like so so somebody who doesn't know the story and hasn't played the games that that group of people their their sort of thoughts on on all this um there's probably i'm going to guess there's probably people as well that have like played the games but watch this with people that haven't um so that'd be that would be interesting um yeah and then we uh so that's that's that scene um it's again by um Nico Parker and Pedro Pascal played uh, phenomenally well. This mm-hmm. um, I wonder how many takes they had to do for this because with with <laughs> Troy and the other girls uh, part when they did it, they they had to do it loads and loads of times. So um, I imagine it would have at least been a few takes, at least to get some different like
0: yeah. It, it, no, even it, if
1: you shoot this once and you think you've got it, you with a big scene no, like this, you times, you you'd do it a good few times, I think. So yeah, be curious to see uh, if, if if Pedro um, has talked about that at all so there we go um all right big time jump with this uh 20 years later in 2023 hey that's today uh after the global pandemic of the cordyceps fungi has devastated human civilization joel lives in a military quarantine zone based in the ruins of boston massachusetts managed by a federal uh, disaster response agency or fedra uh he and his partner tess this is her introduction Anna Tov. Um, support themselves by smuggling and selling contraband to soldiers, uh, uh, civilians and soldiers. Joel plans to leave the zone for Wyoming in search for Tommy, uh, with whom he lost contact uh, several weeks ago. So not years ago, but weeks ago. Uh, Joel and Tess purchase a car battery from a local trader, but get double-crossed when the battery is instead stolen to the Fireflies, a resistance group fighting against Fedra. So this is where you get into a bit more of the... Political military type of stuff. Um I like the Robert got brought up as well. He very much is just sort of a not a throwaway character, but he has his very quick purpose in the in the games. And there was a few a few quick scenes uh with him here. Um so this was pretty good as well. Uh yeah, there is um fans have been asking for a while, and I hope that they I hope Naughty Dog does it eventually. There's a twenty year obviously there's a twenty-year time jump here. But um that it's referenced it's referenced a bit more in part 2 and in part 1 like later parts of part 1 that um uh Joel and Tommy when when they were going through this 20 year period and Joel was like a broken man because you you can immediately see the difference yeah. in in his character in 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 these scenes uh, especially with the kid that we'll talk about in a minute as well which we should um that he did some like Really, really bad things, but it was because he was like his humanity was totally broken, uh, which again is where the the watch and and, and Sarah comes into things. Because not only is his fatherhood broken, but like that that's a proper broken man there. Um, and and the games touches upon that with Tommy a little bit. And I I think it, either if you did an episode covering that, or if you did uh, did like a DLC, like if you did a Left Behind DLC sort of thing, because twenty years is a long time. And they uh, be curious to kind of see that stuff, and I think tes's would would be would be involved in that as well, so um yeah, there's a scene within these as well that's not mentioned here um of this uh child that that pops up and uh they 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 the federal group take this child in and they go to see if they're infected or not it's this little girl, and it comes up with red, and then this woman tells her that like hey, we're gonna give you you know your favorite stuff and your favorite food um as as Mm. to say you know we're going to give you this before before you die but without spelling it out um and then you just see later i'm pretty sure it's that same child that's in the back of the truck and yeah uh which is which which is a sad element in in of itself obviously a child dying and everything um this was an interesting like point to put in with joel as well because it, it i think it even adds more to his character because Mm -hmm. you see uh, because it wasn't tess that was next to him was it It was some other um yeah fedra person uh and i think she's i think the woman that's next to him says something along the lines of like hey i can't do this and joel just like you can see how broken he is and sort of like oh and like even though it is a child and probably does remind him of his daughter and whatnot i assume every sort of young uh girl in in the series would do because obviously that would work that way and you just see this totally broken like part of him Whereas it's like, oh i'll just I'll, I'll just do it like he's he's just he he's kind of just gone um yeah. which you'll you'll start to see a bit of a change in that when we get further into his and ellie's um relationship and how that how that evolves forward that's such a fascinating relationship as well how that evolves as well um i've said quite a lot of things here uh, what do you think of uh, the, these kind of scenes and um what's happening with joel here
2: yeah um i i think it like you say it is interesting you know following the death of sarah it's been sort of 20 years he seems to and and there is they they do mention um in the later episodes you don't see but he does mention about the fact that he did some terrible things in those sort of 20 year Mm -hmm. gap uh it is mentioned and he is now in this place where he's with tess and you know they're trying to get this battery together to go and um rescue tommy because they don't know what's happened to him but he's just seems to be almost sleepwalking through everything to a certain extent. You know, mm-hmm. he, he wants to, Tommy's the one thing that he's got left. So that is his sort of drive. But in terms of the kid dying, in terms of the kid dying, he's very sort of numb to it. And, you know, it's not like he's ever going to get over losing Sarah, but he's just become very numb to everything. Um, that, that seems to be the, the, the kind of character that you're, you're dealing with at that point. Um, you know, he's, he's going through the motions and, but you know, the one thing he wants to try and keep safe is Tess and Tommy. Um, yeah. And it's, it's that, that scene with the kid again, is another just, just heart wrenching moment. Cause you know, the, the, the federal officer is, is really good quite sweet with him and they sort of bring him in and put him in a chair and I think they actually tie him down and sort of say oh, we'll bring you your favourite food, you'll we'll bring you your favourite toys you know and and then the next scene you see him dead in the back of a truck and being carried out by Joel and it just awful <laughs> you know um but yeah it's there is a lot of really quite horrific scenes again without seeing monsters it's sort of showing the just the reality of this situation that they find themselves in it's it's just just gut-wrenching you know the whole thing Mm.
1: yeah i I agree with what what you kind of just said there i think you laid that out really well in terms of you know None of the scenes we've just described have anything to actually do with. I mean, yeah, the girl is going to turn, but that's not like the point of the scene. It's more like what happens to this young girl, and we don't even know this character's name or anything. Like this, this is a, like a red shirt character. Um, by by the way, just to, just to like on the point of like development of characters and quick stories and stuff. It's but both in the show and in the game, it's like shockingly well executed, the fact that we... Because whether it's you know the the 15 or 20 minutes, it depends how quickly you play it through in the game. The 15 or 20 minutes you spend with Sarah in the game and the, what, 30 minutes you spend in in the show with Sarah, she's not in this story for very long at all. And although you've got the connection with Joel there and you've got the father-daughter relationship, that is one of the best developments of a character who's got very little time that's, Mm -hmm. I think, ever been told. I mean, I can't think of there might be other characters that have had short periods of time on screen and, and have been effective. Uh, I mean, Walking Dead can have a thing sometimes of like, they introduce a small character, then they give them a big episode and kill them off. But that's always more time than what like this is. This is a very quick 20, 20 to 30 minutes. Here's a quick, like, hey, here's, here's this family, essentially, obviously, Tommy's there as well. And then she's dead. And mm-hmm. but it's, and it's not even necessarily just oh it's because she's Joel's daughter and you care about Joel it's like you seeing her die as well because um, you, you barely spend any time with this girl and it's it's really really quite effective and that works both here and with the and with the game as well would you would you agree with that
2: yeah yeah no very much so
1: yeah definitely um, so there's all of those things I think I read that. Part a resistance group fighting fedra the battery attempting to retrieve it uh they find the deal has gone awry and the firefly's wounded leader marlena who's played by the same person who does her work in in the game merle uh Danbridge, uh begs joel and Tess to take a young Ellie bella ramsey to the massachusetts state house and hand her off to the Fireflies in exchange for supplies simple right Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not simple at all. Uh it it's, it's fascinating when cuz they do it here in the show kind of and they do it in the game. Everybody knows this isn't going to be a simple exchange. Like everybody, you as the viewer, you as the the player of the game and all the characters, but the way and it's it, it's the way that like not not even just the way that um Marlena says about what what's going on or the way it's talked about, but um I suppose it's that thing of like what, oh, just just one small little like, uh, thing you've got to do, and then it just blows up into well, the, the entirety of the first game pretty much. Um, so that's that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, again, I really really liked uh Ellie's or Bella's uh, first scene, um, with the whole countdown thing. Again, that wasn't uh in the game either, which was which was kind of cool. Um, that the, the fir- I think the first time you see Ellie in the game is similar to when. You know, in, in in these scenes where Joel kind of kicks her against the uh, against the wall, and they have a bit of like a clash. Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, from what I remember, her her very first appearance in the game, Joel opens a door. Ellie's like this young, like angry, um, like she she's not happy about the situation, and decides to just kind of go at Joel, not because she dislikes Joel, but because like she. She doesn't like what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, so that's kind of their first interaction. So you get this little bit before of sort of uh, going over um, these the scenes with um, with Marlena, which is very cool. It's interesting as well because in the trailer, um, you see her have the, have the chain on, and I'm not going to spoil a later scene in the show. But there's a scene where she may or may not be in a similar position. Uh, I'm not going. I'm not going to give any context to it at all. And I remember a lot of the fans and I kind of agreed at the time. Was like, oh, that's probably that scene from later in the game, right? And I was like, oh, that yeah, that 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 would make sense. That looks very very similar. Um, but no, it was it it was here instead, which was uh, again a, a new kind of thing that was added that did flesh things out a bit more, but was uh, kind of nicely unexpected. Um, what do you do you think of uh, Ellie's uh, or Bella's first appearance as Ellie here?
2: Well, yeah, I was going to ask because I, I couldn't remember how Ellie was introduced, but it sort of makes sense from the gaming point of view. It makes it makes sense that she would seem a bit sort of wild and angry when she's first introduced because there is, you know, she's there's that sort of well, is she infected? Isn't she infected? Is that what's, it, yeah, mm-hmm. is that what's causing the anger? And it's not; it's just the situation, understandably, because she's been locked in a room, um, but. I really like the introduction here, and Bella is so good in this role. and yeah. really, really nails Ellie. There's, there's a beautiful bit which I can talk about because it was in the trailer where um, that they've it's it's Joel and Tess sort of talking about. Whether she's turned or not, and and she she does a sort of weird kind of thing with her hands about sort of you know pretending to be a clicker, and then they like look at her and she's like sorry, <laughs> uh, but yeah they showed that in the trailer it's very very funny, but um I mean yeah it, it's it's got that playfulness that you have with Ellie. Interestingly, Bella apparently didn't play the game, um before mm-hmm. taking the role. She watched some cutscenes, but didn't want to be overly influenced by the performance of Ashley Johnson in it. So she w- but wanted to get an idea of the character. So she did watch a few cutscenes just to sort of on YouTube, apparently, to, to g- get an idea of who the character was, but didn't want to actually fully play the game to get into it. So, Um yeah i thought that was kind of interesting but she really nails it there's a it's a it's a really nice performance of this this girl that's funny sarcastic um he's he's clearly having a lot of fun playing this character i think yeah um yeah definitely and uh yeah the the sort of introduction of the uh, the sort of um you know, holding her hands out and like counting to 10 and sort of ending on FU. And yeah, just, just, (laughs) I I really like this introduction. It's a really good um, introduction to Ellie. Uh, I I Just, just really great. And, um, and then this, uh, you've got this sort of thing of Molly, not really explaining what Ellie is to them and he's just sort of handing her off and saying you need to get to this place it's important uh, without giving any more detail so
1: mm. yeah we'll find out what that place is um yeah i just like it, it for some reason i don't know what it was maybe it was just her performance was so good but it was that first scene just particularly mm-hmm. and she starts counting and i just smiled and i was like that's Ellie." that's yeah, yeah. She, she's got this one right so Um, also just in terms of her actual voice, obviously Bella and, you know, Ashley have different voices because they're different people. Her, I I don't know if it was like something in the trailers or whatever it was, her voice sounded better here, or it sounded... A little bit more Ellie-like, um, and th- this particular scene where she's counting isn't in the trailer, so I wouldn't have seen that. But I uh, don't know, she she just sounded better in the in the show than what she did in in, in the trailer. But me- maybe that was just me or something. So mm-hmm. uh, Joel and Tess accept the job. As curfew begins, the trio wait until nightfall to leave the quarantine zone. They are caught by a soldier and forced to comply with an infection check. Uh, While uh, Joel and Tess try to bargain with the soldier, Ellie stabs him in the leg. The soldier threatens to shoot Ellie, reminding Joel of Sarah's death. He loses his temper and beats the soldiers to death. The scanner reveals Ellie is infected. It's got the red thing on it. But she promises she's not turned since she was infected three weeks earlier. Joel, Tess, and Ellie enter a biological contamination area in Boston's commercial district to flee the pursuing FEDRA soldiers. Um, Yeah, this was an interesting one in the way that it the, the through line of this played out the same way as the game, but there's, like, some differences here. Um, I think in the game, because Ellie, I think, still does the same thing of stabbing the soldier. I think, because there was two other soldiers as well, I think, and um Joel and Tess just shoot both of them. Mm-hmm. I think is how I remember remember that playing out. Uh And in this, it's just it's just the one guy, and it's the more sort of, like, intimate thing with Joel. Um, I actually... It's going to be weird to to say this throughout because the game is so good. This was almost like a better version of that just because you've got the... um, You've got the callback to Sarah and how it's like kind of similar. That sort of like dark late at night scene and there's a gun being pointed at him again and and that sort of thing. Um, But uh, an interesting thing to note about this as well because in the game when they when when they've dealt with the soldiers um they they turn around too early and she goes hey look three weeks not infected and and tess is like i've not seen anything like this before this must be different and joel sort of got his doubts and all this sort of thing they kind of go over it a little bit then and then they they obviously go through a gameplay section you're being chased by federal soldiers you, you can either shoot them or walk off from some of them and you know that type of thing um this played out a bit differently in terms of Joel is a bit more fixated on this soldier and beating him and what that means. And then there's like a little kind of like background conversation where Ellie says to Tess like, hey, here's the infection. And then they kind of dart off. Um, and then I think that there's probably going to be a scene because I think in the, they showed this like trailer for like the, the weeks ahead. And there's a scene in a building. I think it's the same one that they're, they're, they're going into now and uh that's where it seems like joel and ellie have more of a conversation about it mm-hmm. so that's an interesting different way to play that out because you still get effectively the same result in the end everything's gonna once that scene is finished you since you still get the same information over to the characters but you just play it out in a bit of a different way so that that's where this alternate kind of stuff can can come in um what did you think of these uh this scene
2: um yeah uh, i i was wondering how this played out in the game because I couldn't remember either. But um I I like the way they've done it here. Like you say, it's got that callback to the death of Sarah, which works really, really well. The soldier is actually the same soldier that you see Joel earlier in the episode selling um uppers to basically yeah, yeah. things to keep him awake. Um so the fact that it's the, it, it's that one guy that they happen to run into. And there is that possibility that, well, maybe they could bribe him in some way, um, which they do initially sort of try and do to let them go. But then of course, you know, she shows up that Ellie registers as infected and you've got, you know, so that becomes a whole thing. And of course he wants to shoot her because she's registered as infected. And yeah, so there's, there's all that. So, um, yeah, it that that I think plays out really, really well, and it's one of those things where in the game, if it was a group of soldiers, it sort of that sort of makes sense for the gameplay as well, because you know there's more people to shoot and more people to shoot at, and mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff, and then the chase sequence and all that. So, <clears throat> I think just having the one guy here actually works better for the narrative of the TV show, and I think what this whole episode and the whole series I've seen so far, um what generally I think it shows is as we've said many times before, the you know, the book's the book, the game's the game, the TV show's the TV show, the film's the film, you know, they have to make changes to make it fit the format it's in. Mm-hmm. And what they've this is a great example of taking Elements from the game and slightly tweaking them to make them work better for a TV audience. Uh, and I think this is a really good example of that. Um, and you're focusing more on the fact that it's it's Joel and uh you know, thinking about Sarah's death, and that makes him lose it and beat the guy to death, and but then he's sort of you've got to imagine the things going through his mind about him going back to that time over those 20 mm. years where he did those horrible things. So, uh, and this was a guy that he knew, I mean, might not have liked particularly because I mean, he was selling drugs to the guy, but you know, he's, he is somebody that he knew. It wasn't some just faceless soldier. Yeah. So unlike the guy that shot Sarah, um, so yeah, it's a really clever bit of writing to tweak what happened in the game to make yeah. it work for the T V show.
1: Definitely. Uh that's the end of the first episode. And if you caught the clicker on the left side of the up part of bit upper part of the building <laughs> then the congratulations. Um but uh, that was that was cool to see. So uh I, I'm sure we'll get into some more of uh that in the next episode with some with some uh very curious as to what the first like clicker encounter is is gonna be. Um oh by the way, uh just on like the, the runners, because you do see some of them in the episode that bit where um, Joel and Sarah are like running through, I think it's like a kitchen area and this runner is just jumping about all over the place. That's kind of what black Summer's like, but they're even more aggressive than that. <laughs> right. So, cause they're like, it, it, if you want to equate it, those are called runners. I would call the black summer ones like sprinters. They, right, they yeah. really, they're, they're even, they're somehow even more aggressive than that. And they also get up like ever so slightly quicker. It's, uh, it's awesome. Uh, but that, that was really cool yeah. to as well.
2: I mean, the, the, the The stuff with those with the runners in this, um I mean we we didn't really talk much about that that sort of side of things. but the infected that you do see in this, the stuff with the runners, I mean the it, it is again slightly off kilter you know, because they are very early turned humans, but the way that they're running and the way that they're sort of bouncing off things mm-hmm. and sort of almost throwing themselves is 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 really well done um to sort of give that sort of weird otherworldliness to it uh and you know we've we've always said i mean one of the things with walking dead is the fact that because i mean these aren't technically zombies they're infected in this but that's always been the the sort of difference and it's the same with you know 28 days later the movie they were infected in that and the advantage of doing that is you you are not dealing with the undead you're dealing with infected humans which means they can still run um whereas zombies generally don't so
0: yeah so it yeah. gives
2: you a bit more you know like um the danger with the walking dead is always getting like swarmed by them and yeah, not being able to get a, a group getting yeah. corner by a group whereas <clears throat> with this one can be very very dangerous so
1: yep Good stuff. All right, that's the episode. Uh, we do have a couple of bits of feedback to get to. If you'd like to write in to the show and let us know what you thought of the episode or anything that we said, uh, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, is the contact page. Information in the show notes, email box on the website version of the episode, and a clickable email name in the show notes as well. Harrison writes in and returns and says, uh, very, <clears throat> very much enjoyed Matt's initial review and even thought the football analogy was great. Uh, my question: How big do you think the show can get? Uh, again, for those of you who didn't quite catch my initial podcast, basically the way I was uh, kind of equating this to to football in a way was <clears throat> where you have this as an introduction to the characters. It's a bit like when you first see uh, the start of a football game when the characters not the characters the players are uh, they're coming out the tunnel. <clears throat> The players are coming out the tunnel, and you see like the fans there, and it, it's setting the stage. And you see, okay, that that player's there, that player's there, the manager, and you can almost put it as to like when you hear that clicker at the end, that's almost like the referee's whistle blowing of like, okay, you got your introduction. These are who the characters are. In the same way of like, here's the players coming out on the pitch, and like now we're off, kind of thing. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so what do you uh, as a bit more of a lesser football person what do you what do you kind of think of that
2: well i mean in terms of how big it can get it is the um largest launch that hbo had for a show since game of thrones since sorry house of the dragon came out um 4.7 million uh house of the dragon was like nine point well, nearly 10 million basically but um you when you're dealing with house of the dragon that's like yeah it's a game of thrones spin off so right, of course it's got gonna, that you know it's got that it. built in audience anyway and arguably last of us has got a built in audience as well but uh yeah it is their largest launch since game of thrones uh, cross linear and hbo max where it's airing in the us and this is only the us audience but 4.7 million they said uh was it yesterday or the day before um and is the third largest audience since um boardwalk empire when that launched in 2010 I so am. in 23 years basically um so i mean it's on the road to being another massive massive hit for hbo um i mean hopefully we'll keep that up over over the seasons we don't know how long this is going for of course uh because as far as we're aware they've said i think that they're not going to step outside the confines of the game right now that's the plan so we're expecting this first season to basically be the first game the second season maybe the second game or maybe the second and third season will be the you know and whether they've bought more games out after that, or, or whether we'll then get a break for it to, um, you know, for, for them to sort of maybe release a game and then there'll be another TV yeah. series. Games Don't take know. a long
1: time to make. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But then, I mean, this could be one of those shows that's every two years, so which mm-hmm. some of the HBO things are. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see exactly how they lay this all out. Mm hmm. But I think it has potential to be absolutely huge. Yeah, I hope so. I hope it's as
1: big as it can you know, as it can get. Um, I was going to say, because they got Factions 2 coming out, which is going to be a bit more like Division-esque, where it's <laughs> a bit more online, but there is going to be story parts to it. I don't really know how you could include that with, with this, because it's a bit more outside the, the Joel and Ellie story. Um, but I suppose that they could al- always do it as to where, like let's say Season 3 is the end of the second game, And then you just... You don't renew or cancel it. You just wait. Like Let's say the third game's actually been announced at that point. Or let's say Naughty Dog's spoken to... I don't know, because Neil's at the top of this thing anyway. Um, If it's been communicated that like, okay, we haven't announced it yet, but we are making a third game, so we can make that the fourth season, let's say. Um, You can always just put it on pause and then just wait for the other game to come out and then do a, a resumption of the show. Um... I don't know exactly how that would work, but that's, that's the thing that you could do. Um, r- rather than like, hey, the third season episode is the series finale and that's it, and then the third game comes out, because people want to see that third game, whatever it would be, get, get adapted to TV. So, <laughs> Well,
2: I mean, you've got to bear in mind that, I mean, if it is every two years, say, which is what HBO tends to do, yeah, you're, you're looking, it's 2023 now, so you're talking 2025 20, um, before... You get the next game um,
1: season, yeah,
2: yeah, next season. Sorry, uh, so that's twenty twenty five, twenty twenty seven for a third season, and we were uh, sorry, yeah, twenty twenty five, six, seven, so yeah, so twenty twenty seven for a, for a third season. So that's that you've got up until twenty twenty seven before they start potentially running out of con- content, and then it's going to be two more years before if it is every two years, it's going to be two more years before you get the next one. And it could be then a situation where you get a game that comes out around about the same time as a fourth season, possibly. But you're in sort of 2029 20, by that point. So, <laughs> yeah. so, um, you know, it, it's conceivable that if the second game can run over two seasons, you could run you know, you could come out with a third game, because I think Neil has actually said that he'd written the outline for the third game. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, that's very early days, but and games take time to develop. But you're also in a situation where if you've got until 2029 to do it, yeah, that, you know, that's not an unreasonable length of time to be able to get a game out. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. we don't know. They may be working on one at the moment. they have just not announced it. We don't know.
1: Hmm. Yeah, we shall. Uh, we shall see. Uh, in terms of how big the show can get, um, I looked on. Somebody posted something from IMDb. I think it was IMDb ratings, and it's the the biggest show on there. <laughs> it, it had a nine point six, and Breaking. I think Breaking Bad was second with nine point five. That can obviously change as as things go on. Mm-hmm. Um, but after only one episode, that's that's pretty big. So yeah, for, for, from a rating standpoint, this is like doing crazy numbers. It and depends. I think it depends on like, okay, for the next few weeks, let's say like, what's what's the viewer numbers going to be yeah. from there?
2: It's it's what the viewer numbers is going to be. I've yet to see a bad review of it. Um, yeah, I mean, universally across the board, I've seen nothing but positive things, and not just people saying you know it's the best video game adaptation um which as you said and i said uh, on on my show that's a fairly low bar to mm-hmm. actually you know hit so i mean yes that's true but um it's a good solid drama and you know deeply emotional drama in its own right and uh it's atmospheric it's got a lot going for it and and i i think just as a as a drama regardless of what the source material is you know and you don't need to know the game to love the show i mean it's the same way that you people watch game of thrones didn't need to have read the books to be able to enjoy the tv show yeah you know
1: so uh john writes in says first time long time welcome I've not played the game, but heard Matt speak about them. Have I? (laughs) I was (laughs) absolutely absolutely devastated by Sarah's death, and I'm sure any parents watching probably took it even worse. I'd I'd imagine so as well. Um, I'd like to ask what you think the future of The Last of Us is. We kind of just talked about that a little bit, but uh, Factions 2, Part 3, um, another season of the show at least. Um, What else could they... I mean, that's already quite a bit of stuff, Um, I would like to see a couple, there's like, I'm not going to say what they are because spoilers and stuff, there's a few little like, pockets of areas of story, both throughout part one, obviously we mentioned the 20 year time jump and there's certainly like off path things in uh, part two where you could do bits of DLC with, there's probably like three or four bits of DLC you could do in total, across both games it just depends what story neil and obviously Haley um for, for the games obviously you got craig on the on the show uh think is actually like worth telling um i would be kind of because although you can get yeah you can get bottle episodes to kind of go over some of those things um the fans have been asking for like specifically that joel and tommy 20 year area because it's get, yeah. it it's alluded to quite a bit but we we've never seen anything from it um so that would that would be the one that makes the most sense some of the others would be like just additional parts um and those would be like you know 15 20 dollars of whatever it would be but still so um but i think the future is very bright for this certainly i mean people love the games people uh, seem to be really really enjoying the show so i think the future for it at least is bright but th- those are a few things that they could do um what do you what do you kind of think
2: yeah i mean it, it would be insane not to continue certainly the tv show given the ratings it's been getting i mean although it is bear in mind <laughs> under the control of warner brothers discovery and they've been making insane decisions for months now so uh but i i suspect that this is probably fine <laughs> uh mm. and on the game side i would be very surprised if we don't at some point get an announcement of a third game because th- there seems to be a will to do it and why wouldn't you it's money left on the table particularly if neil has a story for it so Mm
1: -hmm. you know i i would still like to see them do things like remaster or remake the old jack and daxter games make another uncharted game maybe a lost legacy 2 probably a new ip at some point but um the the good thing about all that is it gives naughty dog plenty of options as to what to do there's certain studios you look at and think oh what are you gonna do next sort of thing but we shall, we shall see. And I, I, people have said about like Insomniac's importance to Sony. Those are the people that do like the Spider-Man games, Wolverine, and Ratchet and Clank. Those, they, those guys over there, are really, really good, of course as well. Obviously, the Spider-Man games are fantastic. I still think Naughty Dog is Sony's most important studio. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one that's brought like Uncharted and Last of Us and all these other kind of kind of things as well. So here we go uh lastly louise says i'll admit i thought the first episode was slow but had some major moments afterwards i listened to your quick review and you mentioned um it being just the intro do you think the pacing of the show will work for the rest of the story um i can kind of understand from like if if i look outside my own view and own perspective which i have to do so um for people that like because i'm assuming louise you haven't played the game i I would imagine uh, it sort of sounds like you're yeah, this is your first time going through the story um, I do sometimes find, it didn't happen here, but I do sometimes find whether it's for a returning show or a new season, sometimes if you come out with an episode that's now in 20 minutes, it can be a little bit intimidating, of like, okay, that is like a longer episode and although it was, hey, I'll, I'll eat all this episode up for, for, for me because obviously I knew I was going to was, was pretty sure I was going to love it Um Sometimes that can be, so for new viewers, for people like Louise, uh, or for people that haven't seen the story before, that could possibly be like, because it, it is a longer episode, so I understand that point of it. Um, but uh, if you thought it was slow, I mean, that's that, that's fine, that's that's up to you. Um, but yes, this is very much just a character introduction with, with some obviously very big moments. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's kind of interesting that you think that. Uh, but the pacing for the rest of the story... I was kind of wondering as we were going through the episode, I was like, okay, what point is this episode going to end? Like, where, where, where are you going to bookmark it, you know? um And it actually went like a beat or two, not like an hour further than I thought it was going to, but like ever so slightly further than I thought it was going to. And I was like, oh, okay, we're ending on that particular beat. Because um, uh, cause I, I didn't, but the thing is with that, I didn't even really have in mind, like, okay, I think the episode's going to end on this particular beat. I just thought that it went ever so slightly further, which isn't a good or a bad thing, it's just an observation. Um, what do you think of kind of the pacing of the story and sort of like where the first episode ended and all that?
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're expecting this series to be some sort of all action throwing loads of zombies at you, it's not Black Summer. You know, it's no, not no. It, it it isn't going to be that. I mean there they're not gonna be infected on every single episode. Um, you are not going to have big set pieces every single episode, that's not what this show is. Uh, it is very much about the characters, and um, there is some beautiful stuff coming up, uh, and some heartbreaking stuff coming up. There are some big action sequences as well, mm-hmm. um, but it is very much a mix of both things, you know. Um, so I, I really like the pacing. I mean, as I say, I've seen the first four episodes. I think it's paced very, very well. Uh, interestingly, the episode length changes quite a lot because the this episode that, yeah. this was, over, was an hour and 20. The next episode, I think, is 45. The episode after that, episode three, I think it's about an hour and 15. And then the fourth episode is is 45. So it, it fluctuates somewhat. Um, but that's quite good because it's taking that stream model of just giving it as long as it needs for that episode. Yeah. You know, you can do so whatever you want and it works. Yeah. So I, I think it works.
1: Yeah. Uh, which is one, one of the many reasons this wouldn't have really net worked on network TV. Like you couldn't have this on Fox or something, yeah. you know, or, uh, plus you can't get away with so much stuff.
2: Well, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's, there's that as well, which again, that applies to like the Witcher and those sorts of things. Okay. So, uh, so there we go. <clears throat> um, it, and it, it's in in terms of pacing and, like, what happens with the action, the difference, obviously, with that in the games... The games, you can do that however you want. If you want to go in all guns blazing and use everything that you've got or play it really stealthily, I, f- I found... Maybe it's just what happened with when I played it. I found with the infected sections, as opposed to the uh, human encounters, I tried to play... Because I found... Um, because of the way the game plays. I found the infected to be more. Like I had to be more cautious. Because you can't. Uh, unless unless you've got melee weapon you can use. You can't melee like the clickers for example. Whereas you can do that with, with the humans. So there's like bits of differences there. So it depends on um, how you play the games. And how you sort of see that. So what I how I would I kind of expect that to play out a little bit. Is more sort of like those intense quiet encounters with the infected. And then um, maybe some like slightly more bigger things with, with with the humans but it depends how that that plays out so yeah anyway uh that's it for our first episode dave thanks very much for for joining me for this should be an interesting journey and i hope you've all enjoyed this as well uh in the meantime you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh tv games films may podcasts podcast and on podcast platforms as well uh so there's a few episodes coming out for that um gaming talk is gonna be back on saturday I spoke to robert about that yesterday so we will be bringing that back for saturday look out for that um but that's how you can support us and everything else uh <clears throat> you can also tell other people about what we're doing and where they can find it either by just telling them or using social media depends on what you want to do that way patreon five dollar ten dollar level tiers for the afri podcast review options have a look out for that as well if you'd like to uh tv and film news over on geek town uh david what's what's going on over there
2: well there's lots of news of course going up on the front page of the website at geektown.co.uk so you can go and find that Uh, we did do a Geek Town Radio as we mentioned a couple of times uh, latest episode of that, 366 is out, Uh, Grey covers Kaleidoscope, the Netflix Random Order series, Uh, we talk a bit about back to a Halla season 2, we talk a bit about The Last of Us as well because Grey was like shall I, shan't I, watch it, and uh, Ghost US as well, as well as a bunch of other things and um, some casting news for stuff and all sorts of things on that lots of gaming news and air dates and things on there so that's all on geektime.co.uk. awesome so check out geek Time radio and GeekTime.co.uk
1: to find out what's been renewed and cancelled and whatnot and when your favorite shows are coming back uh you can also find bex over on twitch trista bytes for classic retro and game streams go and check out what she's doing over there and lastly you can follow me over on uh What's it called? Twitch. I almost forgot what it was called. Uh, Twitch and YouTube. Twitch is eTalk UK and YouTube is Entertainment Talk Play. Thanks very much for listening. And we will see you for the next episode or next podcast. Uh, goodbye.
2: Bye.